you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters. I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and a lifelong Missouri Tigers football and basketball fan. And today on Locked On Mizzou, we got plenty to get to, including East St. Louis receiver Dominique Levette made his college decision. And also, I'm very interested to find out if after Saturday's press conference, if Peter Baugh could be crushed by Eli Drinkwood's silence once again. But first, some very important Missouri football news and notes to get to. So let's just not bury the lead, shall we? Because, well, obviously, we're still right in the middle Well, gosh, I hope we're at the end now that I think of it. I hope we're not actually in the middle of this COVID-19 pandemic shutdown, whatever you want to call it. Well, Missouri is certainly having its own challenges, as everybody is, throughout the college football landscape, and none more so maybe than the Missouri offensive line right now. And following Saturday's scrimmage, Eli Drinkwitz had some color about the offensive line as as well as just the COVID-19 situation in general. I've had five starting left guards in the last five days. I've had five starting left guards in the last five days. So, it, I mean, it's unlike anything I've ever seen. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's a truly, I mean, you can say next man up mentality and that's what it is. And, you know, John Anderson said it to me the other day, the more you can do, the more you can do. And, uh, you know, like, like I told, like I just said just a second ago, uh, and like I told our team, nobody really cares about the excuse. They just expect the performance. And so, you know, whether or not it's the fifth left guard or the first left guard, they're going to expect that the performance uh, meets their expectation. we got a lot of work to do in order to meet that expectation. So, yes, you've heard that correctly. Missouri has shuffled five different left guards into that spot in the last week of practice. And, well, if that's not concerning, I don't know what is. Because, well, it's not just about specifically the left guard spot. Because clearly Missouri is rotating players around at this point, trying to find the best five, the best combination at that particular position. But that just says we've not only had injuries with Hyron White, but also more than likely it seems like the COVID-19 situation the testing and the resulting sit-outs that are caused by positive tests, well, it may be hitting the offensive line in a particularly hard way. And obviously this is a position group that was a big, big worry coming into the season. So long story short, none of this is good news for the Tigers at this moment. But of course, we don't really know what Alabama's situation is either, and we aren't totally sure which players in general have tested positive for COVID-19. But along those lines, Eli had more of an update on the COVID situation. Yeah, I mean, I'll update it as we get closer to, to, to uh, the Bama week. But, you know, we had a positive test yesterday that knocked out three players for quarantine, and, and uh, those guys will now be unavailable for the Alabama game. So it's uh, – I mean, it's any any – any person positive or quarantined from this point on is unavailable for week one opponent. And, that, and that's real. And that's, uh, that's interesting dynamic. I, I, you know, be two weeks out and know that you can't get anybody back. is pretty interesting. 
So now, indeed, as we record this, we are less than two weeks away from the Alabama game. And yes, make fun of me all you want. I actually got that right this time. I promise I checked the calendar. But seriously, we're, we're obviously 12 days away from Alabama as I record this on a Monday. And what that means is any player that tests positive or is indeed found to have been around said positive test player, well, all of those guys are going to have to sit out for the Alabama game. Again, any of them, because we're within the two-week two period here. So basically, we're, we've got just a tremendous amount of unknowns. I mean, clearly, anytime you've got a new coach, new quarterback, an unknown new quarterback, by the way, you've got a lot to figure out. But with this situation, I mean, you've just got an absolutely unprecedented amount of unknowns. And you know what? It was funny. I was reading Gabe DeArmond's 10 Monday thoughts this morning over at Power Mizzou. And his thought on gambling for this season is basically if you're gambling on any of these games, you need to be institutionalized or go seek a 12-step program immediately. And you know what? I think that's definitely one of the two possible reactions that you're having to this. So I may need to be institutionalized as well. Because I think that's definitely a reasonable case. But you know what? If you still want to bet, obviously bet small. Don't bet, bet, bet for fun. Don't bet any more than you can afford to lose or even an amount that will make you upset to lose. That's always, that's always my advice. I bet $10, $20 on a game. But to me, again, I'm a day trader. I look at risk reward all the time and I like to sometimes bet on what I don't know. And well, if the unknown is, not only, well, we don't know how many guys are out from Missouri. At least we won't know over these last couple weeks. But clearly, Eli Drinkwitz is in no mood to tell us who is out either. Well, I would suspect that this is going to be the case for Alabama, for everybody in the SEC, and throughout college football. So that means to me, it's the same logic I use on, not that I ever bet the preseason in football or anything, but if I did, I would always bet the underdog. Because again, who can really make a true educated guess on something where there's almost no knowledge? And that's also always been my logic. If you're going to bet the NBA All-Star Game, the Pro Bowl, as kooky as that sounds, in a weird way, what you're betting on, if you're just betting the underdog, is you're betting on the unknown. You're betting on that the odds makers don't actually have an edge here. So if they're going to give you some free points, some free odds, I say take it. Now, if that's too much of a leap for you and this is just you like to have more of an edge than the unknown, I can't blame you. So by all means, take Gabe's advice and sit out the season. And I still have plenty to get to on this 2020 Mizzou football campaign. And also, of course, I'm going to reveal where Dominic Levette decided to begin his college career. But you know what? You'll definitely never make a mistake if you decide to go with Built Bar. Because Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And if that doesn't sound like a good combination, well, then I guess I'm a bad salesman. Because Built Bar should really sell itself, to be honest with you. Because you see, the Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. And in fact, let's get specific with it. That The flavor profile for the peanut butter bar... Well, you're getting 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and only 5 net carbs. Compare that 
to your major candy bar brands. And frankly, there is no comparison whatsoever. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Well, East St. Louis wide receiver and teammate of Tyler Macon, future Missouri quarterback, Dominique LeVette has decided to sign. Well, he's verbally committed. He hasn't signed yet, but he's verbally committed to sign with the Arizona State Sun Devils and Herm Edwards. Well, all I'll say, Mr. LeVette, good luck with Herm Edwards and that brilliant tactician. (laughs) No, I'm sorry. Actually, I kind of like Herm as a college coach. I think his whole rah-rah attitude and maybe, maybe just all that stuff, maybe it plays better at the college level. But obviously, as a Chiefs fan, I'm still a little bit bitter that Herm Edwards, in his infinite wisdom, decided that Thomas Jones was as good or better of an option at running back than the great Jamal Charles. But you know what? I digress. Because speaking of wide receivers, well, Damon Hazelton, transfer from Virginia Tech, graduate transfer, senior on the Mizzou football team this year. A lot of people thought he was going to be the number one, if not at worst, number two receiver on this team. And certainly that might be the case, but there hasn't been a lot of signs that he's been healthy this camp. And well, Eli Drinkwitz was asked about this young man and here's what he had to say. Yeah, I think he does have a lot of leadership. I think people listen to him just because he has experience and game experience and has played a lot. He's still trying to get a hundred percent and look forward to him being full speed starting Tuesday. So uh, looking forward to him being a full go starting Tuesday. Well, that would be huge, really massive news for the Tigers because if the biggest question mark coming into this season, if it wasn't offensive line and it wasn't quarterback, well, it certainly was wide receiver. We don't need to rehash that all over again. But there's a reason that Missouri went into the transfer market and got Damon Hazleton along with Kiki Chisholm. So obviously, offensively, Missouri needs all the bodies it can have especially against the Crimson Tide. Now, one thing Eli pointed out in an earlier sun, in an earlier sound bite, I should say, I almost said sun belt and jump the gun, but you can tell where I'm going with this. And that's that, well, Eli was saying that nobody wants to hear the COVID-19 related excuses. I mean, that's football, right? That's sports in general, but especially football. People want to just see the next man up. Unless it's a quarterback, then they'll give you an excuse. But offensive line, eh, nobody really wants to hear it. And his example was, well, the Big 12 going 0-3 against the Sun Belt this weekend. Losses by Iowa State, Kansas State, and yes, our buddies to the West over in Lawrence, losing for the second year in a row at home to Coastal Carolina. Still waiting for that huge less less miles bump. I don't know about all of you. But frankly, it should be obvious, again, in this situation, that a program like Alabama, not even one that's that good, but you would think even a program like Iowa State that is now under, what, its third, fourth, fifth season under Matt Campbell, who's done a really good job there, and yet they didn't look like they were ready to play either. Now, how much of that was COVID-related? I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, but bottom line is now 
as as Eli pointed out, Saturday was just Missouri's seventeenth practice, and normally spring practice is, I believe, fifteen practices or so. So, just a, a, a truncated camp, and also not only is it shorter, but it's also more spread out, harder to get in a rhythm, that whole thing. So, you would think a program that has a lot of continuity, like Alabama, like Nick Saban, well, this would be advantageous to them, and that was one. Very big reason why I thought that 19 points was frankly too low of a point spread when it first opened. I just thought, gosh, anything below three touchdowns, how are you going to get the public off of Alabama? Especially in a world where in normal seasons, gosh, you might get a a pretty packed furrow field. If not 100% full, 90, 95% full, a good home crowd for that game. But now you're looking at 15,000 some odd people. And, uh, you know, I'm sure those people will be as loud as they can, but, you know, that's even smaller than the Bob Stoll era crowds that I remember from when I was a small boy. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be weird. And frankly, in terms of just point spreads, I don't know that we should factor in home field nearly as much as we do in most seasons. One thing's for sure is in previous years, there's obviously freshmen at the back end of the of the depth chart who may not have to pay as close of attention in pregame practice and preparations, knowing that, well, the odds of me actually seeing the field are basically slim to none, considering I'm probably going to redshirt this year. But as we know, there are no red shirts this year. And even more to the point, we know that Taylor Powell, one of four Missouri scholarship quarterbacks, just transferred. So that sort of brought up the question, what if true freshman Brady Cook, if he was if he had to be thrown into the fire as a quarterback, what would Eli think about that? He's got to be ready. I think he's handled some things really well. I thought last scrimmage he actually performed really well and had a good week of practice. Tonight it moved a little bit fast for him, but uh, you know he really knows the playbook and uh, he has a plan pre-snap. And as long as we can keep him within the plan, um, he's going to have to be ready to play. Uh, you know, we've got three scholarship quarterbacks, and and, uh, and those guys are going to have to be ready. And uh, there's a limited number of reps, so they're going to have to maximize their reps and maximize their ownership and understanding of what we're trying to do on the offensive side of the ball. And, and uh, I mean, it is what it is. There's been freshmen that have had to play before. And uh, so if he does, he'll be ready. And frankly, it might not just be freshmen that have to play. We might have to play walk-ons. I mean, my goodness, if we're down to our fifth right guard or left guard, I should say, I'd say just about anything is possible. But you know what? Anything good is possible when you keep listening to Locked on Mizzou. And coming up after the break, we got more Missouri Tigers football for you. By the way, it appears the Big Ten may be on the verge of changing its mind once again. Or not, or maybe they're on the verge of just stomping their fans' hopes and dreams once again. But it does appear that that conference is voting today on whether or not to actually begin play in 2020. And the scuttlebutt now, it appears, if that was agreed upon, they would start on either October 17th or the 24th, giving them about 9 or 10 weeks to play 8 games. That would end up with December 19th possibly being a Big Ten title game, giving them just enough time to sneak into the college football playoff. Now, of course, if this actually happened, I mean, can you imagine the amount of arguments that would happen if 
you have a let's say an eight and O or seven and one Big Ten team against a you know comparing them to a seven and three. Let's say Missouri. Take Missouri for instance. Their brutal schedule. If they went eight and two and only lost to Alabama and LSU or something, I know that's a far out scenario probably. But the point is, if that actually happened, or if there's some team like that in the SEC that loses to two really good teams, whereas in the Big Ten you play this divided schedule where maybe you didn't even play, but one of the top teams in the conference. The point is, at the very least, it's ironic that the Big Ten, who's been complaining that, oh, gosh darn it, we play one more conference game every year than the SEC does. This isn't fair, blah, blah, blah. Well, isn't it ironic that the SEC in this season is actually playing two more conference games than the Big Ten, at least under this hypothetical scenario that may be unfolding as we speak. Who knows? We'll possibly know the results of this vote maybe as you're listening to this podcast. By the way, Eli Drinkwitz invited Coach Gary Pinkle to practice the other day. Well, for a team meeting, something like that, to speak in front of the guys. And, well, Mizzou Football's Twitter feed put out a bite from that. And here's just a taste of Gary Pinkle in front of the team. Attitude is hugely important for all this. But think of yourself as being a great teammate. And the greater team you have, the closer you are, the tighter you are, the better football team you're going to have. And even if things aren't going right, you stay that way and eventually you're going to go like this. You know why? Because I've done it before. I've been a part of it. Okay, you're on, you're committed, totally everybody. You're a Missouri Tiger. This is how we work out. This is this is the attitudes that we have. We don't have excuses, you know, and, and, and we're, we're going to be the best that we can be. So just classic Gary Pinkle there, right? Completely consistent and on brand at all times. But you know what? That's honestly the genius of Gary Pinkle. Just what he said there. Just the utter and total consistency. That's kind of what made his program what it was in a lot of ways. And really the the biggest takeaway is I'm just glad that unlike maybe the end of the Odom era, it's good to see Gary back on good terms with the head football coach of the Tigers. And finally, I can't help myself. This may just be for me, but that's all right. I've given you a good bit of content already. So you know what? My buddy, Peter Baugh, and he's not really my buddy. We don't know each other, but I'm trying to be nice because I'm about to make fun of him a little bit. Well, he asked a question of Eli about Nick Bolton, and after the last two just wildly, wildly awkward press conference interactions between Peter Baugh of The Athletic and Eli Drinkwitz, I was really ready for a hat trick. I really was. But you know what? He asked a question about Nick Bolton, and Eli went with it. He actually just went with the question and gave him a decent answer. But you know what? As unsatisfied as I was with that interaction, apparently Peter himself was equally unsatisfied because, well, also apparently he's writing some kind of piece on Nick Bolton because he couldn't help but go back to the well a second time. And, well, here's what that glorious, glorious interaction sounded like. I know you touched on Nick Bolton's leadership a little bit, but just purely from a physical standpoint, what stands out about him at linebacker? He's got really big arms, and he, he hits like a ton of bricks, and he's got great hair. <laughs> Sweet, you go ahead. Fantastic. Strong work by the sports information director there to move on quickly after that 
pregnant pause but all right i'm sorry peter i'll stop picking on you now that was just i just love a good laugh i'm actually not picking on peter at all i just love when when coaches get awkward for really no reason they just choose to not play ball something about that that delights me call it the bill belichick syndrome call it what you will and in fact well gary pinkle might have had a hefty amount of that earlier in his career too but well, we all know he, he lightened up a little bit eventually and seems to be enjoying his life quite a bit these days. Not such a cantankerous guy anymore. Thanks once again for joining me on Locked on Mizzou. See you guys tomorrow, Tuesday. And yes, you know what? Among other things, among more current Mizzou football talk, well, Drew Locke's starting, tonight, starting for the Broncos tonight, so we'll have to break down his start tomorrow too. Right here. Unlocked on Mizzou.